Hello there, it's Brendan Wrongway Corrigan with another instalment of Wrongway's Columbia Cast. Now, the coronavirus pandemic, sorry to mention that again, but what can we do? Well, it has utterly changed the work life of many people. Some are still coming to terms with the reality that their previous employment may never return and are weighing up their options. A few others, a minority we'll say, have acted quickly, seeing opportunities in the crisis. Today's guest certainly falls into that latter category. With her own international travel company, Laura Marquez Botero's business was basically wiped out by coronavirus. However, whilst she's had to ditch travelling the globe with her clients, I hear you all playing that small violin, uh, being grounded in Bogota saw her find inspiration for a business that has, quite literally, flourished on the doorstep of the city's wealthier folk. And we find out about that in due course. But Laura, welcome to Wrongways Columbia Cast. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a real honor to be here. <laughs> and we're honored to have you here, Laura. But before we get into this um, rather cryptic uh, introduction about this business that's flourished on the doorstep of, of Bogota's wealthier people, for some background, can you tell us a little bit about your travel company that, well, completely, I guess, pushed to one side with coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my background, um, I graduated from law school five years ago. I, I practiced as a lawyer for almost two years, but I've always had this really strong passion and interest for traveling and other cultures. So I kind of knew deep down that at some point in my life I wanted to do something related with travels. Uh, I didn't quite know what it was, um, but I could feel it. And at the beginning, but back then, like three years ago, I thought about starting my own travel blog and find ways to monetize it. But I, but as I started to do some research about it, um, I realized that there were a lot of travel blogs and, well, also I have to admit that I had a bit or, well, actually a lot of fear of being judged by what or how I wrote my posts. Um, so I kept looking for... Uh, I feel your pain on that, Laura. Um, <laughs> I, I feel your pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know if you felt yeah. this, but Colombia is a very... Like, the Colombian society is very judgmental. So <laughs> that was really hard. Well, look, at it. I, I, I think pretty much anybody is these days, especially when they can hide behind uh, a, a name on social media or whatever and, and send you messages without meeting you. Yeah. So, yeah, you get a lot of, uh, of attacks, but it goes with the territory, I guess. Yeah, it's true. So I kept, like, looking for other approaches, and I realized that maybe my experience and my expertise in traveling, since I've been to 76 countries, uh, I don't know many uh, Colombians uh, that have done that, so I have to give some credit to myself. <laughs> um, I thought this could be a good asset. So three years ago, I started my own travel agency called Travel Round, and what I offered was a very personalized uh, service, which was like the main difference between my agency and a conventional travel agency. Plus, the added value was that most of the times I only used to sell trips to countries that I have been and experienced myself, which was very attractive for my clients because they, they had the certainty that I knew what I was talking about and they also knew um, what to expect from the destination based on the experiences that I used to share with them. 
um and to be honest the business was going really really well it was it was starting to take off i was very uh, satisfied with the results but then corona came and the rest is history <laughs> yeah i just want to ask though about the the 76 uh, countries because well they say you shouldn't ask a, a lady her, her age but I, w i won't ask your age but if you graduated from law school about five years ago i'd say you're not quite 30 if, I, if i'm correct in saying yeah. that but seven yeah so i'm right okay 76 countries so you obviously started traveling from a very young age have you parents that that encouraged you to travel or, or where did that inspiration come from are the means yeah to yeah it? well i don't care i'll i'll tell you my age i'm 28 a uh, baby <laughs> <I'm>... baby <laughs> And I am actually, I am very lucky because my mom, she's also a travel enthusiast. So ever since we were really, really young, um, we used to travel a lot with her uh, during our summers or, or Christmas um, holidays. But then when I graduated from high school, I went to France for six months to learn French. And I use this as a as an opportunity to travel around Europe, and that that changed my life a lot because, you know, like when I travel, I feel that my brain is like a sponge, and I just start absorbing things from other cultures, and and you start like opening your eyes to different possibilities, to different alternatives, to different dynamics. So so I it grew on me. And then, like, every every summer, I will organize a trip to a new country. And when I was in university, in law school, uh, in the middle of it, I went to Madrid also for a semester as an exchange student. And I also travel a lot during the weekends because traveling in Europe is very easy and very cheap. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would rather travel instead of like just party and spend my money drinking alcohol or whatever. It's it's been one of my main priorities in life until this year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have to ask though, uh, as an Irishman, did, is Ireland included in that list of 76? Uh, fortunately not. When I was in France, I tried to go to Ireland. But it was very, very complicated for Colombians to get a, an Irish visa because you have to like send your passport for two months yeah. to the yeah. consulate or embassy or whatever. So I was like, I'm not gonna be like stuck in one place just to go to Ireland if I can just keep my passport and go to other other places. You know? Yeah, I, I do not disagree with you on that decision. To be honest, it's something the Irish community here in Colombia, now that we have an embassy and diplomatic relations are improving, that we're trying, trying earnestly to get that changed. Uh, hopefully it will change in, in the coming years. Let's see, let's see what happens, because I do think the Irish Tourism Board is uh, shooting itself in the foot in many ways. Yeah. But, but anyway, um. So, so that gives us an idea of, I guess, how, how you, you got into the, the traveling and, and 76 countries, which I take it, well, most of them are in Europe, but, but you also got to, to Asia and, and North Africa, the Middle East. And, and that's where your tour company, if I can call it that, your travel company, it specialized in, in tours to, to, to the Middle East, did it, or to, to the Far East? Well, actually, 
more like Southeast Asia, well, m mostly Asia. Um, I also run some tours in Africa. And if I have clients that want to go to Europe, I would gladly organize a trip for them to Europe. But I don't feel very useful when it comes to Europe because it's, it's, it's very easy to navigate, you know? Like I like to offer my clients an added value and like be able to advise them on things that it's harder to get information about, yeah. you know? And obviously, yeah, I guess that the cultural differences that come with the Southeast Asia or maybe in Africa, yeah, that's where your your expertise and uh, knowledge would come into play. But then, so we, we'll bring it to now because I know you're going to kind of go back because you got a lot of inspiration from your from your travels that helped you start off uh, this rather, for me, strange business in these times. But uh, you're back in Bogota with no sign of traveling uh, picking up again due to the coronavirus pandemic and you got some inspiration to start off this new business which you can tell us about <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny because the when when the whole pandemic started to go crazy and like countries started to shut their borders i was with a group of of travelers in japan so we had to rush back to colombia before they closed the border and we were like living on the streets in Japan. <laughs> so, um, so that was, that was like the, the, I don't know, like the beginning of the inspiration for this new business. Um, when I came here, I, at the beginning, I was very expectant of things to go back to normality sooner than later. But when I realized that this was not going to happen and like that I couldn't just like, sit down and wait for the countries to open their borders and the coronavirus to just disappear. I decided to start a new business, um, like to get some income while I was here. And um, since I had my experience like very, very fresh from like the Japanese trip, uh, you know that in, in Japan and also like in mostly every country in Asia, People never wear their shoes inside of their homes, right? Yeah, it's true. Well, I have to say as well, Laura, if my mother is listening, uh, she was very strict on that too, that we don't go into our house with the shoes on. But that's because we lived in the country and we'd usually be coming in with big, muddy, muddy boots. So, um, But uh, <laughs> my mum would do that as well. But yeah, for sure, it's uh, it's more uh, like expected in uh, in Japan and, and most Asian countries. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like I started reading about it because I, I was like questioning myself, why don't we have this tradition here? You know, it, it makes a lot of sense in in many aspects. Like you can keep your house cleaner if you don't wear shoes inside your house. Mm -hmm. um, also like an energetical point of view, like you are not bringing the filth from the streets. Or the negative energy yeah. from, from maybe outside and things like that. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Okay. So I started reading about it and I was like, oh, this is, this sounds really nice. And at the same time, I knew about this welder that uh, he, he was out of work. He, he wasn't making any money. And I was like, I, maybe I can help him giving him work. And then I can also make some in income if I just like, designed this really cool and simple um, shoe rack and I try to sell it online on some like Facebook groups in which there are a lot of entrepreneurs selling their products 
So I executed the idea and it was it was very, very well received. I sold a lot of shoe racks in the first month. I also did some slippers um, and I was telling people like this is this is a beautiful idea uh, from like the Asian philosophy, but this will also keep you safe and comfortable when you're in your house. So this was the, the, the main idea for this. Right. I didn't realize so you had slippers as well along with with the shoe racks, a kind of <laughs> a package a package offer. <laughs> you start selling the accessories so people have to buy a lot of things from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between between you and me, I guess. You know, you you've got the entrepreneur's head <laughs> head on you, but <laughs> very well screwed on. Obviously, the, the the zeitgeist in terms of now people are more concerned about hygiene and taking taking off their shoes being one of the things uh, because either that people are spraying their shoes when they go into different uh, premises or houses. So I guess that it was a, a good idea at the right time as well. But we're in a city where there's a lot of, of poverty. So I'm guessing this is aimed at, at a particular market, uh, as I mentioned in, in the introduction. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I would have thought that, um, well, for example, people now who are worried about their future that may be investing in, in a shoe rack. Now, because to me, that just sounds very kind of bland and ordinary. But I guess it, these are pretty decorative things that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, I also started designing other things for 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 the for homes. Um, cause you know, the, the name of my, of my brand is Okaeri, which is a Japanese word for welcome home. Ah, okay. So I started with the shoe racks, but I then uh, thought about exploring other things and I started selling also marble tables, which is also very decorative and it's not a priority right now, but People right now are spending a lot of time in their homes and they're starting to realize like the importance of being in a in a place um, that fills them with, I don't know, peace or joy or or that you have it organized and clean so you can focus while you travel eh, while you while you travel while you work at home. <laughs> so so. It is a little vain right now, but it's what people are looking for, you know, and that's that's I guess that's the entrepreneurial um, blood. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And I mean, the, the other side of it is, of course, I, I said that maybe nowadays people are worried about their future. But those who have work and, and there are a lot of people, uh, again, probably in the in the upper stratos of, um, of Bogota. Uh, the richer folk whose work hasn't changed that much and they're still earning the same amount of money and they've nothing to spend it on because they can't travel they, you know they might have taken about three or four different holidays this year and they've taken none so they actually have more disposable income compared to last year so i guess you're tapping into that as well like people yeah. people have money to spend yeah 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 i'm just i'm just trying to see opportunities uh, in in the crisis, you know, like I, I I told you before, I was reading this book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's just you know it's it's just that when when people are fearing about their future and about their jobs, 
um, what entrepreneurs do is just try to find opportunities in, in the crisis, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying like this is going to be the business of the year, but, but at least I'm doing something and I'm, I'm and I'm moving forward. You know, I'm not, I'm not staying stuck waiting for, for things to go back to normality. Cause to be honest, we don't even know if we're going to go back to normality, you know? So right. if, if the rules of the game change, well, we have to change our moves, right? Exactly. Well said, Laura. <laughs> that, that, that's uh, the saying of the of the year, really. And, and as you said, there's no guarantee that it's going to going to go back to normal or the new normal. But that new normal could be quite different to what we had uh, just uh, six or seven months ago. Just in terms of the marketing, though, was it complete? Obviously online. But then are you well, well enough connected? Because even if you go online, there's so much noise, uh, competition, different things to, to get noticed. Um, was it yeah like kind of word of mouth at the beginning well um i'm in a couple of groups on facebook um but like they have a lot of members but it is true what you say like there are tons of people selling shoe racks uh, because they used to do that before the pandemic um mm -hmm. so it is it is hard i guess that right now what I'm like the added value of my product is the design, you know, cause, cause some, some shoe rags are like, they're perfectly usable, but like they don't, they don't have like the design or the, I don't know, the story be be behind the brand, you know, like one time when I started my travel agency, I saw this video. I don't remember the, the guy that was giving the speech, but, um, this is something that I that I kept in my mind for all of my businesses. And it's like sometimes it doesn't matter what you're selling, but why you're selling it. Was it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So, exactly. So, so right now, like we have a lot of uh, alternatives when it comes to almost any product, you know, like even even for trips or uh, clothing or whatever like there are a gigantic uh, amount of possibilities and I feel that nowadays um, with all the noise what matters the most is that the story you're selling you know not not even the product but but the story you're selling and for example what I do with my products is that I give my clients a postcard like thanking them for buying this product and telling them that thanks to this, they are uh, supporting Colombian entrepreneurs. You know, like telling them that the product they're buying is Colombian, so this is gonna help push the the economy forward in spite the like the circumstances. You know. Yeah, and tapping into that Colombian nationalism, which uh, which is quite strong as well. So uh, very very clever. Uh, indeed. I have to ask as well, though, I I'm guessing, Laura, the startup costs were relatively low with this, that you didn't really need to invest that much money to get the ball rolling, so to speak. Is that true? Yeah, it is. It is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I have to admit that I'm a bit, a bit risk averse. So so I started like promoting the, the product. Um, and I, I took like the first uh, orders and people paid me before I 
told my guy to to do the the product, you know. So I was not risking a lot of my my own ah. money. Yeah, <laughs> making money without money. <laughs> Wait, yes, very good. It's actually um, as somebody was saying to me the other day, it's what the airlines are doing right now. They're still um, selling flights for September, leaving Colombia, which I think. The dogs, on, the dogs on the street know that no international flights are going to commercial flights anyway, are going to leave. Yeah. But the airlines are still taking the money, um, so the money can sit in their account for a little while, even though they'll probably have to refund it. And I guess you were you were prepared if you had to refund the money, you could you could give it back if if some disastrous yeah. scenario came about. I, I'm sure you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yes, of course. Um, also, though, just to give an idea of your entrepreneurial spirit, this isn't the only business that you kind of run using social media as well. You, you do another couple of things that even predate this. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is right. Like when I started my travel agency, um, I, I feared that it was not going to take off um, as fast as I wanted to. So also it was an idea that that came to me um, in one of my travels, you know, in the USA, and there's a very strong culture of greeting cards and, yeah, and this kind of things. Like, like birthday cards, cards and things like that as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If, if you've been to, like, Panamericana or other stores like this, you'll see that here in Colombia, we don't have a lot of alternatives, like like in the States, you know, like they have like a lot of racks filled with uh, greeting cards. And I really used to like that. I, I used to buy greeting cards in the States. And yeah, when well, I was actually, here, I, I, sorry to interrupt there, but because you just brought to brought to mind, uh, I think maybe the first year I was here when I used to send birthday cards back to my nieces and nephews. I've given up now because the post is terrible leaving here, but that's my excuse anyway. But I remember I was in Exito, so we're talking maybe 2012, and um, yeah, trying to find a birthday card. It was it was next to impossible. I, it's improved a little bit yeah. since, but um, just not really part of the culture. But you've changed that a little bit. Yeah, I tried to, and it was funny because I I launched this business in a in a design uh, fair called Buro. It's it's very known here in Bogota. And it was funny because the reaction of people was like, this is amazing. Like, I've always wanted to have this business because I love greeting cards, but I can't find them anywhere. So <laughs> I was like, and that that was my, like, what motivated me at the beginning. I was like, I can't be the only crazy person that buys greeting cards in the States to come here and just keep them <laughs> on, a, on a drawer because... She doesn't want to spend them, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so I started this business, and to be honest, I was a little bit uh, reckless with it while I was focused on travel around because, of course, like I, I didn't have enough time to to take care of it. But now that I have a lot of free time, as you can imagine, um, I'm like focusing on this business and. It's also beautiful because the, the why of this business called Inkit, um, it's that you can share very simple things, like just a greeting card can be even nicer than giving something like material, you know? Well, exactly. And, and again, 
because of the the times that we're in people aren't physically going to see people to visit people so again sending a card or whatever and it's a nice little touch and yeah sometimes maybe people worry about oh i need to buy x y or z or whatever for for a friend but sometimes just the the simplest thing uh is is the best and it's more the it's the thought that counts as we say i guess yes and i, and I guess that's what we're learning right now you know that the simple things in life are actually the ones that can give us the most joy you know like we don't have to complicate ourselves and complicate our lives thinking that if we're not traveling the world or doing these extraordinary things like we're not going to be happy no you know like we can find joy in in simple things so it's true uh, and you can find joy in podcasts and, and things like that yes. as well <laughs> that's what i'm trying to tell tell the world but no not enough people are listening to it but anyway we'll no, we, we'll get there they're listening to a lot of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's trying to trying to stand out from the from the mad crowd, indeed. Just in terms of the cards, though, just a, a little um, curiosity on my own part. Um, when I was younger, I used to love the musical cards. So you'd open up and they'd sing some thing. Do, do you sell any of those, or are they more uh, kind of basic? No, oh, no, they're basic. They're paper greeting cards with okay. very cheesy messages. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you have any St. Patrick's Day ones, by the way? Oh, that, that's, no. Uh, <laughs> but, one, one to think about. You've time. It's not until next March, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you've seen that people go crazy in St. Patrick's Day here, right? Have you been well, to... it's growing, uh, for sure. To the Irish pub with the, with the green beer. <laughs> yeah, in, Z- in Zonate. Well, well, there's a few of them, but yeah. And the Irish Embassy now, now that we have an Irish Embassy... Well, we the idea was to have a parade every year, but of course this year it was cancelled because of it was right at the beginning of the coronavirus restrictions. Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully, let's see what happens in uh, 2021 that we can have another one. But yeah, that, that's uh, the Irish or the St. Patrick's Day card is one to think about. Uh, Laura, a fascinating chat, and I think you'll be an inspiration for lots of people, as you said, uh, rather than maybe sitting at home and um you know maybe you'd savings or whatever but thinking that things would pick up but you decided to be proactive and uh, yeah it's mean a, a great uh, a great little story uh, just give us the, the the contact details if people are interested in your shoe racks and and also maybe the, the gift cards where can they find you so they can find it on instagram or facebook um the shoe racks the the brand is okaeri o-k-a-e-r-i dot c-o okay and um, the greeting cards, it's called Inkit Papel, I-N-K-I-T-P-A-P-E-L. Well, you have both of those on Instagram, so I can uh, I can actually probably include a little uh, link on the on the text that oh, will yeah. accompany uh, that podcast. <laughs> yeah, check those out. No, Laura, an absolute pleasure, and as I said, a positive little chat. Uh, usually, for for mentioning coronavirus in any podcast these days, it's something negative, but um, this was was more upbeat so glad to, to have you and, and your enthusiastic voice as well i think you'll, you'll give inspiration at least that's the hope thank you so much <laughs> you're very kind no great uh, laura marquez botero so as i said I'll, I'll include the contact details for the shoe um, racks and the um, gift cards and all that kind of stuff on the yes, company and the if you want to get into because we will travel again Oh, well, yes, we, we will, of course. Someday. That's optimistic. Someday, somehow. Exactly. You see, I've nearly given up. I think we will well, you know, travel again. Me too. 
I'm 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 being realistic here, but a lot of clients, like former clients, are texting me all the time and they're telling me like whenever you decide to go on a trip, I'll go with you. Like it doesn't matter if we're going to Vietnam or to Medellin, but sign me up for it. So I'm like Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Laura, we, we'll strike a deal then. As soon as we can travel again, uh, and if you need an Irishman that can that can talk the talk, anyway, much of I can walk the walk, you can bring me along. Sure. That, that can be my payment. <laughs> <laughs> Looking I'll forward to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get on to do. Well, I was going to say I was going to get get on to President Duque to open up, but it doesn't really matter what he does. It's all the other countries have to open up as well. That's true. Anyway, Laura, <laughs> an absolute pleasure. Thank, thanks, thanks, William, for joining us here on Wrongways Columbia Cast. If you do want to get in touch uh, with the podcast, you can find me on Facebook. It's at uh, Wrongway Corrigan Blog, and on Twitter at W Way Corrigan. But until the next time, ciao, ciao. Ciao.